Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to another episode of Spear Katana. I am your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. And I'm Jaypa. And together we are a father and his two children, exploring the New Testament, sharpening our understanding of the Word of God, and trying to grow closer to Him and live more righteous lives, although we will not ever fully arrive until, you know, the end, and we get to meet eternity, which will be awesome. Anyway, <laughs> this week we are venturing through First Peter. So let's go ahead and get started. Verse 20. This was a part of God's plan for he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid, but he has been made manifest in these last days for you. Um, what does it, like, who is the he was chosen? Who do you think was chosen? Was it Jesus? Yes. Well, I also like who it's, um... Oh, it sounded like it might have been Jesus or something. So like how it's like Jesus was manifested in the last days for us. Yeah, yeah, he, that's because basically his appearance, his death and resurrection, and then like that salvation is the signal of the last days that most people are referring to in the Bible. A lot of people are like, oh, the last days aren't here yet. We're not in the tribulation or all that stuff. It's not really. Last days started many years ago. <laughs> It just it's like God, do you know time up there? You know, He's outside of time. He, he understands it better than we do. And again, <laughs> thousands of years still inconsequential to eternity. So it is days to him. Well, there's a verse about how a million years or something is like a day, and a day is like a million years or something like that. I forget what the maybe maybe it's not a million. I don't know. It was some weird thing. But, yes, but that was my only highlight. A thousand years is still is less than a speck in the palm of your hand. Agreed. Less. It certainly doesn't feel like that to us, though, right? Because we only right. live... Well, you've only been around for a few years, comparatively. Well, if you want to admit that. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, even in my old age, still nothing compared to a thousand years. And a thousand years is nothing compared to eternity, so... Anyway, all right, I have a couple verses before 20, so we have, let's see, 12 and 14 and 15. All right, verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Ah, sorry, I had to look back a little bit because I was like... Why did I like this? What are we talking about? But um, concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. So like they were trying to 
figure out when the Messiah was coming and all that stuff, and they were serving um, us, basically, like the people to come after. <laughs> um, when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And even angels long to look into these things. I'm not really sure what that means, but it's interesting to me that even angels are like eager to like or want to look into the prophecies and understand and what that meant and all that stuff. Mm, that's yeah, that is interesting. Because we have we really don't know a ton about how the angels know like work or what they do and understand and all that stuff. So I'm just I just thought it was interesting. And then fourteen and fifteen. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. But, um, so it says, as obedient children. So we're supposed to be obedient children to God, right? Oh, I thought it was talking to children. No, no, this is talking to, no. Um, but we need to be obedient children, so we do not conform, we do not do and live out the evil desires that we used to when we were ignorant, meaning when we did not know God and understand God and follow God. So we should be turning away from that, worldly ways basically, to be holy as he has called us to be holy. And there's a whole thing where you're, it's just a very constant thing, in the, especially in the New Testament. Put off the old and put on the new stuff. Alright, that's all I have for chapter one. Well, I highlighted verse two in chapter two. Mm. Alright. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word, for the milk will for this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Um it's I've got a couple things about this verse. It's um not just infants crave their mother's milk. We've got a little brother who's Always wanting to nurse. Like, <laughs> yes. one, I think. Yeah, always wanting to nurse. Um, But if you need to, like, want God's word that much, like, that's a good thing. Like, you you should crave his word. Yep. All right. Uh, any other highlights? Not for me. I'll share mine in 11 and 12. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So, once again, we're told to abstain from sinful stuff, right? Just, that's the old way. We shouldn't be doing that. But it's also nice that it tells us that those sinful desires, that those the things that we feel like we want to do, but we know we're not supposed to do, they're there, they exist, and they're waging war against us. They're trying hard. They f We have to fight a war, a battle. Use our spiritual swords, the word of God, to <laughs> fight back against those sinful desires and have some self-control and do what's right. Right? And that tells us to live such good lives among those that don't believe in God. So that even when they say, hey, you're doing something wrong, they'll be like, well, actually, they can see that you're doing good. And eventually they'll glorify God too. Not all of them will, but. Yeah. I don't or they'll not all highlights. turn to God. No more highlights? Correct. All right. Well, then I will share verse 16. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So, we're supposed to live as if we're free. 
but do not use our freedom. It's like, well, God said we can do whatever. Don't use that to do evil stuff. We should be living, even though we're living as free people, we should also be living as God's slave. Mm. Because we're never truly free. We've talked about this before, too. You're going to be serving something. Yep. If you're not serving God, which automatically makes you serve sin. Well, you, a lot of times we choose to serve ourselves, quote-unquote, but in that we are a slave to our own body and whims and desires that carry us carry us to do whatever. Um, I'm, oh, I'm kind of curious what your translation says for verse 16 on chapter 2. Verse 16? Yeah. Um, as God's loving servants, you... Ah, loving servants, okay. Because uh, it says exactly. we should live as God's slaves, and so I wanted to hear what you uh-huh. said. Loving servant. Okay, cool. Um, and then I also have verse 23. I have a bunch of highlights here. <laughs> when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So, again, we're talking about Christ and his suffering. When people hurled insults at Christ, they called him names. They said he was stupid or that he was evil or blasphemous or... That he was a demon, um, some that was used at one point. Um, he did not retaliate. He didn't get back at them. He didn't. He didn't say, "Well, you're stupid," <laughs> or "You're a booger," or whatever. Like he did not throw insults back at them, right? And he also made no threats to them. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna get you for calling me names or being mean to me. I'm gonna punch you because you're being mean." He didn't do that. He didn't make threats. Instead, he entrusted himself. To God, who judges justly. So even if he's judged unfairly on earth, which he was, God will judge him justly, right? Mm. And, that's, and we're supposed to follow Christ's example. So we shouldn't be hurling insults back at people or punching them or fighting them or threatening them just because we don't like what they're saying or doing to us, right? Mm. So I think that's a good thing. It may be applicable to some people here. We should live like Christ. Because we know that no matter what other people think we're doing, even if me and mom have accused you of something that isn't true, God will judge you justly. So even if you have to suffer here on earth, does not mean that God also thinks that you are doing wrong in those moments. So you should just trust him and understand that sometimes you will suffer because of he is using it to grow you or because you've also brought some of those consequences upon you, right? Right. But you can trust in God because he knows the truth. Let's move on to chapter three. I've got a highlight towards the end, so... Towards the end? Yeah. Um, Is that it? Yeah, just verse 17. Well, I'll go first then. <laughs> verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing application (laughs) yeah i agree even for me at times so all right and verses 15 and 16 i also highlighted and you said you had 17 so right before yours all right so but in your hearts revere christ as lord always prepare always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in christ may be ashamed of their slander slander being untrue words that people are saying about you 
so yeah once again we have like um not going just like people are going to say mean things about you and we shouldn't be retaliating um and we should continue to act holy and righteous and be having good behavior right we shouldn't be reacting and retaliating which is with the keeping a clear conscience like so we keep our conscience clear but also we should always be we should be revering christ like we should be loving him and holding him and wanting to do what he has asked us to do and always be prepared to give an answer to others about why we have hope in christ like why do you follow christ jade fire um mainly because we like i've read a lot of the bible if not all probably not all and I've had Bible study, and uh, actually, was I baptized before, or did I start following before? Anywho, I just got more in touch with uh, God, and so I'm following Christ that way because I because people have helped me along the way. Huh. People but like my why do you want to follow Christ? That is a question that I cannot answer. Do you want to follow Christ? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ruby? Oh, why I follow Christ? Yeah. Why do you do well, it? Why do you want to do it? I used to do it, just not even real do it, because um, mainly not letting people down, and because I was told to read my Bible or whatever, and that You're kind a of rule thing. follower. Yeah. That's why I used to do it, um, like, a while ago. But then I started actually understanding the Bible... Actually, probably when I got this Bible is when I was mainly understanding what it was saying. And especially with Bible quizzing and stuff, I would, uh, like, quote things over and then I would quote to my mom. And I would stop after every verse and ask, like, what it meant. <laughs> um, so that's, and, like, it just sounds so wonderful. And I like it. That's why. And I want to spend eternity with God. Why? I don't want to spend my life in hell and because God's heaven is amazing. Yeah. yeah, I um I mean it's obviously been a progress for a long time, but I think for me, I want to follow Christ for a few different reasons. One, he died for me. Now, you have to accept that he did die for you, where it's like, well, I wasn't there, so he didn't really die for me, right? I wasn't in danger of being put up on a cross. Sure. But you are a sinner. <laughs> we all are. And I have recognized that more and more in my life, that I do not have the power to stop myself all the time from doing certain things. I need God's Holy Spirit and his salvation. And I'm still going to mess up. And what happens when I mess up? <laughs> right? I'm going to do things that aren't right. And also, doing even doing good things aren't really usually fulfilling, because usually they're for selfish things selfish reasons because you just want to feel good or whatever they're not going to be fully fulfilling because they don't really mean anything in the long run and i think that's what a lot of people forget too is like well i'm doing all these good things okay great why because it makes you feel good because people will praise you what good is it going to do in the long run what happens when you die what happens about those good things did they affect did they change your life expectancy did they keep you alive longer is it doesn't matter anymore now that you're dead? What happens when those people that you helped are dead? And maybe you did something so great that you helped these people who helped other people who helped other people and it carries on for a while. But maybe there's a big mass earthquake and it kills all the people that were actually connected to it and now it stops there and you're not actually... What you did has no more effect. What does it matter? It's kind of pointless in the long run if you think of it that way, right? Mm -hmm. So you, the reason I have 
more hope then is because I know that there's something after this life. There's an eternity. Because if I don't believe that or know that, life on earth is actually very depressingly pointless. You just live as best you can or do whatever you want as long as you can until you die. And then there's no more life. It's all gone. Well, that's a very short period of time. And we all, and people who think that way, are constantly striving and constantly anxious because they want to get as much as they can out of this life because this is all there is. But that's not true. There's more. So, and to have that more, I have to not be a sinner or have to be redeemed from my sins, which Jesus died to redeem me from those. So I trust in him and follow him and love him for it because he basically saved my life. If you were about to get hit by a car and somebody saved you, you would be very grateful. And he saved my soul, my eternity, so I am incredibly grateful. It's not tangible, it's not in the here and now, so a lot of people are like, well, this doesn't matter, this doesn't mean anything, because they don't see it or understand it, because it's not here. Although it does have a change on my life, and I do feel it, but you can't see that necessarily. Uh-huh. I was just thinking, like, so, you know how you said, like, if someone saved you from a car, you'd be grateful, and that Jesus saved your soul? I was thinking something like, like your soul's like a person just walking around, and then a vehicle is like slowly on its way to destroy your soul, and then like Jesus just like saves you from that vehicle. What it's more like is it's more like a person who's in prison. Yeah. Who has a death sentence. They mm -hmm. will stay in prison until they get put in the electric chair or whatever, right? Right. And that's what, cause, and they're there because they did something wrong, so they deserve to be there. Yeah. And Jesus didn't do anything wrong, and he's like, well, how about you let him out to try a new life, and I will go sit in the electric chair for him. I mean... That's how he rescued me. Essentially, it's, you could think of it instead of just prison, like, the earth is like the prison, mm -hmm. and we are all kept here by our sin, and then when we die, we just go to hell. Um, but instead, yeah, Jesus came um, down and suffered on the cross where we were supposed to suffer. And then we get to go We could say free. like We could say that um, the earth is the prison and we have a death sentence in the electric chair. And we could say that hell is the electric chair. Yep. But um, freedom is the new earth, heaven, whatever. Right. Yeah, so I've been saved and get that. And that brings a lot of hope because then I do not have just this life to worry about. In fact, I don't really have to worry about this just this life all that much. I should do what I can to help others be saved while I'm here. Like helping your children understand it and lead you that direction um, and others around me. But ultimately, it's the eternity that I should be storing up treasure for and all that stuff. I shouldn't be worried about much of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of hope in that because... Here is constant struggle for people, many people, which is why they get angry and want what other people have and things like that. They get, they hate the rich because they want the money and stuff like that, all that. But really, <laughs> there's so much more beyond this life. Um, so yeah, that's why I have a ton of hope. Anyway, we can move on. Thank you for uh, going down that little trail with me. Let's move on to chapter four. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was thought we were in chapter four. I'm like. Do you have anything you want to share from chapter four, either of you? Mm, not me. I think I'm good. I've already asked all my questions about this chapter. When? When I read it. Oh. Uh -huh. Well, what did you learn by asking questions? Right. I'll share verse eight. Well, my two highlights are eight and ten, so I'll just go through them both. Um, and maybe even read nine, because it's good. Uh, above all, 
Love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay, one. Do you know what hospitality is? I think so. Do you want me to describe it? Go ahead, Jade Fire. Uh, hospitality is like bringing someone to your home and like help like feeding them the bed clothes. Uh, sort of. Uh, hospitality is just welcoming people into your home and do it like they don't necessarily have to be fed or whatever. Although that's good too, especially if it's like around a meal time, right? But just welcoming him into your home overall, and and you know being a good host and all that stuff, and just trying to be helpful to them and whatever. Okay. Yep. Um. And so we should do that without grumbling. Like, it's... A lot of people are like, Alright, I guess I can have these people over today, but that means I gotta do this and that, but I just don't want to... Blah, 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 blah. That's grumbling. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when you have to have people over and you've had an exhausting week, it's like... It can be hard. How to have patience. But we can... We can take a breath, pray to God, put things in front of Him, be like, Hey, this is actually pretty hard for me, this week but i know you can give me the strength and i know i can be friendly and it'll it'll be good so just be with me god and help me through this and that's what we should do when we're feeling those weak moments where we just don't want to and we feel like grumbling we should be turning to god we don't do that very often but we should (laughs) um i've kind of i don't remember when but i've been recently reminded to be able to do that no good but also we should be loving each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, right? It'll cover up a lot of stuff. Like, if we just love, it'll, we'll be helping them, and they'll be happy with, like, with being loved generally. Not always. But you will also be helping them. And if you're loving towards them, you won't be holding a lot of things against them, right? Um, that reminds me of something. Isn't it, like, um, if I have faith that can move a mountain, but I do not have love, I am nothing? Yeah. That's in Corinthians, right? First Corinthians chapter 13. That one I will remember often just because I uh, have read First Corinthians chapter 13 many, many times because it's one of my favorites. Um, it's, uh, it's the love chapter. The love chapter. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Um, and also, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So, like, this could mean a couple different things, but any gifts you've received from the Spirit, you should use that. To, like, if you have received a Spirit... That's really good at being hospitable. You should definitely be using that, right? Um, and if you have a gift of praying for others, you should be doing that more often. Whatever. There's all kinds of spiritual gifts. If you have prophecy, you should be using it the way God has commanded us to use prophecy and all that. Um, but also, this could mean actual just gifts. Like, hey, maybe you've been given a gift of a house or a lots of money or whatever. You should be using those to help others being faithful stewards of that stuff so mm-hmm. so yeah just there's a lot in there in that little section that is just very useful for day-to-day living all right but you have nothing ruby nope all right we can move to chapter five i do not have any highlights i have a big old chunk highlighted cut up a little bit but it's all highlighted <laughs> i have a highlight what verse five all right i'll let you go first that's my first of the chunk that i highlighted Okay, verse 5. In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant because God resists resists you when you are proud, but multiply 
multiples great multiplies grace and favor when you are humble um i like a few different parts of the verse like the last part of how like god resists you when you are proud like he doesn't like it when you are proud and he's like said that in the bible and stuff but like he multiplies grace and favor when you're humble like he does great things when you're humble for you and stuff and then, like, the first part, how the younger people should, like, willingly support leadership of the elders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, mine uses the I, word submit. I like submit that yourself. verse. Yeah? That's a big verse. Yeah, you should submit yourselves to your elders if, when you're younger. Like, if you're younger, like, even me, if I'm younger than my, like, the other people around me, my elders, then I mm-hmm. should be submitting to um, them. But also, I just thought it was cool that the verse, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble, was quoted again. Because we just had that last week, I think, in James. James, I think it was used. Or maybe it was earlier in this one. Maybe it was today. I don't know. But anyway, we, we read that verse before. It was it was in there. <laughs> in James? I think so. I think it was quoted so in James week. as well. Yeah, last, but it might have been early, in an earlier chapter. But I think it was last week. Um, And yeah, f- going from there, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Because humble is bringing ourselves lower, right? Mm-hmm. cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you this is a little bit separate from everything else but like anxiety is being worried about things and stuff like that which we shouldn't be because god has control right so we can cast all those concerns and worries we have over what's coming or what might come because a lot of times anxiety is just being fearful of things that could be happening but haven't necessarily right mm-hmm. we can cast all those things on god he will take care of us <laughs> We don't have to be worried. We don't have to fear anything, right? Yep. And then be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So we all have things that we suffer and we sometimes feel alone in it. We talked about this before too, but we're not alone. All the believers are being attacked by a prowling devil lion, right? Mm-hmm. He's looking He's looking for any time we show any kind of weakness and he will pounce on us as quickly as he can. So we need to be all backing each other up. Like, ooh, I'm finally resisting some of these sins that I do. Uh, and then one day it's like, ooh, I kind of want to do that and I'm feeling kind of crummy and this brings me joy or pleasure or whatever. And then the devil will be like, ha ha, I got him. And that's why we need help. Um, and you have to be alert and sober-minded. So you have to be ready for that kind of stuff. You don't have to be anxious for it, because God's at your back. But you do need to be ready. Be like, prayed up, all right? Keep God in your heart and mind all the time, so he's there to back you up. He's the one to back you up. He'll stand with you. He'll stand with you. It's from VeggieTales, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a song from VeggieTales. Um, but also sober-minded. What does sober mean? Well, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will tell you've you it's just not being us, drunk. You've asked us this before, actually. Mm. But really, sober just means having a clear mind. So don't have it clouded with other things. Yes. Like drugs, like alcohol, like you excess. You mean sober means clear. Sure. Sober-minded means clear mind. Yeah, be alert and of sober mind. So have your mind be sober, all right? Not clouded up with other things. And that's not just drugs and alcohol. And by the way, alcohol as in the excessive alcohol so like messes up your mind. But um but also just not full of other things that are getting in the way of God, right? 
being so focused on other kinds of addictions or anything like that. Because addictions can cloud up your mind. Yeah. Alright. Well, that is First Peter for us. Uh, applications. Shoot, what was my application? It was like, oh, shoot. Did I have an application? Do not repay evil with evil or insult. Yes! Insult. That. What verse and chapter is that? Uh, that one specifically is First Peter 3, 8, and 9. Well, mostly nine. Um, I don't know. Do you have a good application for me? I think we can all take a little bit, at least, from the do not repay evil with evil, because how often do you want to get people back for anything done to you, even jokingly? Jokingly? Yeah, like, oh, somebody poked you, so you are determined to poke them back, and it starts off as kind of fun, and then it becomes more of a competition, and more upsetness happens, a lot more emotion happens. Okay. Well, if you don't think you have the need to retaliate, well, I mean, we can look at something else. Yeah, that's always good, because, I mean, like, everybody can do that sometimes. So. Not everybody. Maybe a lot of people in this house, but not everybody. Do you ever feel the need to poke somebody else back, or throw bubbles on them, or do anything else because they did it to you? Yes. And when that happens, it starts off sometimes as just a funny joke. People are laughing, you're laughing, but then it gets escalated because people won't let you do it or they give you back after you got them back or whatever so you want to get them back again and it increases to the point where it's not actually funny anymore and people are starting to get upset and cranky or angry or extra emotional was that a question yeah does that ever happen yes okay with you yes yeah that's what i'm talking about okay and even i fall into that so do i when it's a lot of times just joking things i don't always feel the need to like get somebody back for something really bad, I guess. But I probably would could fall into that if I do the other stuff, so. Um, and also, for me, I think a big thing is just to not take insults to heart or false judgments to heart. So, like, somebody says you did something, or even if you feel like somebody has said you did something, <laughs> which we've talked about before, um, God knows the truth. So we don't have to get defensive or offended by it, right? And that's a big thing, too, for you guys, is you guys often get offended. You allow yourselves to feel offended and need to defend yourself or retaliate. And I think that's a good thing to not do, right? Somebody says you're stupid, doesn't matter what they said. If you're, especially if it's not true, right? If it is true, think about it. Be like, oh, maybe I am stupid. Not really stupid, but, you know, just something like, oh, maybe I did do this thing and I should try not to. But if they're not truthful and it is just being mean, I know I at least have God who knows the truth. All right. So does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I think you guys need to try not to be offendable. 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 All right? Okay. So don't worry about the accusations people are throwing at you or the mean things they're saying, the slander, right? Or if they poke you, just be like, please stop doing it. And if they don't stop, you can appeal to authority, like your mom or me. Okay? Okay. All right. I believe it is Ruby's turn to pray, right? All right. Go ahead, Ruby. Oh, wait, just kidding. Just kidding. Gotcha. No, uh, contact information. So, okay, so we're definitely on Spotify and YouTube. I still have to look more into the Apple stuff, but we are there. If we're there, go ahead and rate us and leave comments. You can leave comments on YouTube and subscribe to us there. And we're on Spotify, which you can also just follow and subscribe. And we also have an email, so if you have any concerns or comments or anything or uh, debates, just go ahead and email us at hunterfieldmanor.com 
at gmail.com. So H-U-N-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D-M-A-N-O-R at gmail.com. And just please put like Spirit Katana or something in the subject so we can find it easier and whatever. Um, yeah, and that's how you can contact us. Now we can close out. <laughs> okay. Dear God, thank you for this day. Um, thank you that we were able to get our podcast done. Um, please help us all be better about not retaliating at each other. Amen. Amen.